that's what I find to be wild. Like, never in a million years we'll put these tree here, trees here and this bunker here and no one will ever go this direction. And then here you got Bryson DeSlambo just crushing it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Shank Happens with PGA Memes. We've got a great episode, special guest uh, with us today. This podcast is brought to you by Mizzen and Maine. If you haven't checked them out already, go to their website, mizzenandmain.com. Listen, every dad deserves comfort. Go to their website today, check out their collection, get free two-day shipping to ensure that all packages are delivered by the big day. They've got great pricing on the Phil Mickelson polos, like they're $50 right now, which is great. You can check out their dress shirts, chinos, and they even have some uh, stylish and comfortable masks as well on their website to uh, stay healthy during these crazy times. Well, we're joined today by a good friend of ours, Ryan Rustan, a.k.a. Coach Rusty. How's it going, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? Pumped to be here. Really excited. Dude, uh, we're excited to, to have you on. We got the PGA Tour season back. They launched last week, which was exciting. I don't think that we've ever seen that much excitement around uh, a tournament, Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. I mean, it was really exciting to see all the big names in the leaderboard coming down the stretch. Uh, yeah, it was pretty stacked, man. I was uh, watching the final round and just to see so many guys at 12, 13, 14, and 15 was just insane. And it was all great names. So anybody that uh, would have won would have been a great champion for that for that tournament. But yeah, it was wild, man. It was it was a pretty uh, dramatic finish. Yeah, we were talking last week, uh, Joe and I just like it felt like a WGC type of an event or yeah. even like leading up to a major just because there were so many big names and such a big layoff right between the last event till now. And Man, it came through. They delivered. So I was I was excited. Hopefully we get similar action this week over in Hilton Head and, and go from there. But, you know, definitely excited to see it kick back, you know, in the right way. Joe, what's Absolutely. up with you, man? How you been doing? Dude, doing good. You know, glad to be back on the pod. Glad to have the PGA Tour back. Uh, glad to see Daniel Berger back uh, coming off of the wrist injury. Just what a performance. That guy's a solid player, and I think it's fun to see – guys coming out healthy and, and dialed in. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this week. And, you know, I think I made a comment on the last pod questioning, are we about to see a bogey fest on the PGA Tour? And uh, I think the low score beat last year's low score. So pretty yeah. uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, it did, actually. It was, it was nuts. I didn't expect to see low scores or – I mean, we didn't see course records or anything like we did last year from Kevin Knott, right. but we saw consistency with people shooting five, six under um, – you know, every day. And, you know, it was, it was interesting to see, but lots of, uh, lots of big topics that came from last week's event, not only just in the world of golf and, you know, them playing well, but just from memes in general. So why don't we jump over to the first tee and kind of uh, dive right in. I don't know what was going on, but, you know, obviously Daniel Berger won. He had three years off from his last victory. He had a lot of wrist injuries and just different things um, he was battling through, but congrats to him to, get back on top and win, uh, well-deserved. I think he's playing clubs. For, I saw a post yesterday. He's playing irons that are 2011 irons. And he's like, dude, I'm going to swallow all these up from eBay, yeah. everything like that. Like, I thought that was pretty cool to see. I know, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, man, just to see, it, like, throwback technology still wins. And I think that that's just a – that's a pretty big slap in the face to some of the OEMs, maybe, but uh, it was for pretty real. funny. It is. And, I mean – you see that with putters and stuff, but not irons usually, right? 
Yeah, not not typically irons unless it's like, you know, uh, uh, an old blade that's just kind of been remodeled and refinished throughout the years, a guy that's been playing the same blade. But because a blade at the end of the day is just a chunk of metal with, you know, weighed the way you want it to be. So, I mean, it, it's pretty funny. And the fact that he says he's going to go buy everyone and just ride them till the wheels fall off, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see if he actually does it. Yeah, he probably will. Anybody who has those clubs right now needs to be putting them up on eBay at a ridiculous <laughs> premium. Hey, uh, how do you want to – quick way to get Daniel Berger's address. <laughs> For real. Dude. Our, our man Berger, he, he came into some cash uh, this weekend, so I think Joe's right. I think he's willing to pay a premium on these these blades. So Go get them. So, and, no, but, I don't know. I I got to tell you, I have, I have a set of, of old clubs – that I could pull out at any time and just standing over the ball, look down at him and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to strike this. It's going to be yeah. pure. Uh, and it's, you know, it's funny cause they're old. And so you kind of get this idea that, that they're outdated, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't know exactly what he's doing now, but you think through like when tiger first went to Nike, Nike took his Mizuno clubs and literally just rebuilt an exact replica of his Mizuno clubs. Right. And and you talk about the putters and him going back to the old Scotty and all of that, you know, it's clear that that to a certain effect, you can have just this mental connection to something and be like, I play better with this, go out there and convince yourself that you play better about this. It changes your mentality and your ability on the course. Yeah. So, I mean, his victory aside, congrats to, Mm -hmm. to Daniel Berger. I felt like there was even, you know, bigger, headlines and fun things that came from the event. I mean, first and foremost, you know, you had Brooks's mustache coming out of quarantine. He was dressed like Mario. And then the next day he was dressed like Luigi. And I have a good <laughs> friend who's a photographer that works with the tour. And so he's sending me all these pictures, which was cool. Cause I was like, man, I'm finally working with content that's happening like right now. And I've got somebody inside that's, you know, taking these pictures for me. So it felt good to kind of get back out there and you know, posting funny relative comment or content, but, um, you know, you've got Ricky was mic'd up. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. 17th hole was probably the real champion of this event. I mean, that hole kept everyone's <laughs> lifting out of that hole is crazy. And then you've got, you know, our boy Bryson DeChambeau who just freaking comes out looking like Bane. I mean, the dude is like, I saw him in January. He gained 20 pounds, I think from the fall. And then he's put on another 20, 25 pounds, since january uh and he's just huge huge, dude and the shirt that he decided to wear with the pants on thursday was probably not the best uh selection in terms of what the viewership could see back home because it made it look like his pants were literally up to his tits and like he like it was just hilarious (laughs) how, how big he was and the way that looked all the memes coming out of just him looking like an, you know, an old man or just like a, a bodybuilder with the big belt, you know, across his waist. But yeah. the guy averaged 340 yards off the tee and his longest drive was 367 yards. I mean, that's, and, those are, those numbers don't even, those, that's not real life. Those are video game numbers. And Rory Dude, was number two at 318. Am I wrong? I haven't even looked beyond yeah, that. Something like probably that, not yeah. wrong. Yeah, I that's think Rory thing. was number two at 318, which means Bryson was out driving on average his nearest competitor, who I would have up until this week told you Rory McIlroy drives the ball further than anybody by 22 yards. Well, so Dustin Johnson's no slouch. I mean, he hits the ball a, a country mile, and you got 
freaking uh, – he was paired with with Bryson, I think, the first couple days. He was out driving DJ by 20 yards. Great. I, so I, I walked 18 – I walked number 18 um, at Bay Hill for the Pro-Am with Bryson. And um, first of all, that in itself, another story, is just wild getting inside his mind while playing a yeah. ball and kind of figuring things out with his caddy prior to a round. Insane. But – you know, they're on 18, they're playing way, way, way back. And I'm taking video of Bryson and he just crushes it. And it literally like shook me for a second, just the, the amount of speed and the sound that ball made. Then the pro-am players go up another 60 yards to off from like the blues or whatever. And, you know, they're not bad golfers, you know, maybe 10, 15 handicaps hitting 250, 260. They're teeing off 60 yards in front of them. They hit their shots. They all hit their second shot still before Bryson, and he's still about 100 yards in front of him, hitting a 60-degree. <laughs> he's in the rough, hitting a 60-degree, 120 yards into 18. I'm like, huh? An 18 at Bay Hill? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was a 60, but it was definitely wedge. I mean, he had wedge in his That hand. is he, insane. He, he murdered that ball. I, when we kept walking and kept walking and kept walking, because the rough so deep, you couldn't see where his ball was, but we just kind of felt like we were walking forever to get to his drive. It's unbelievable. Dude, he's unreal. Unreal. It's incredible to see. I mean, I love Bryson, man. I think he brings such a different, obviously fresh perspective to golf in so many different ways. But to see a guy who is just literally reinventing himself <clears throat> right. over the last year, you know, he reinvented the way, you know, he'll use irons and stuff and, and everything. His grips are oversized. Uh, he has – you know, he's, he's gone through multiple unique putting strokes and, you know, to see him just reinvent himself, his body and just like the guy was like, listen, I need more distance off the tee. I need to be stronger. And that's exactly what he's done. And he's done it in less yeah. than a year's time. And it, it's crazy. And if, if the guy could just dial in on his wedges where he's, you know, a hundred and in, I, he would have won the Charles Schwab by 10 strokes. I think this week, I mean, he, he had too many wedge shots where he's a hundred yards in and not in deep rough where he's still 20 feet out, you know? And like, I feel like if you're playing a shamble and you give Rory that same opportunity to hit from where Bryson was hitting from Rory probably would have finished like 22 or 23 under par during the week. And that's the, I mean, obviously he's a hard worker and he's a smart guy and he'll dial it in. I mean, he'll, he'll figure it out, but you know, he's just going through that process now, but I'm excited to see, I mean, if he can keep that up and then dial in his wedges, that guy could win a shit ton of tournaments. And I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what other players try to follow suit. If yeah. you know, the, the leagues try to reel back the ball a little bit. I saw Colin Montgomery came out and was talking about, Hey, they should launch a tournament ball. Jack Nicholas has been behind this where, you know, it takes 50 yards or, or it, it plays at 80% maybe of what it currently plays at. So I mean, range balls. Yeah, basically range <laughs> balls, right? I mean, I, I get that because they can't go out and just build these ten thousand yard, you know, courses. I mean, we wouldn't get much yeah. use out of them as but, amateurs. But hold stuff. on, here, here's my thing though, right? Is like the guy who hit the ball the longest and it wasn't close didn't win. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it all comes down to to the rating of the golf course as well. I mean, there's certain golf courses out there where it's it's a disadvantage to be mad long, you know. So I think that. If anything, I mean, obviously they're not going to go build a bunch of new golf courses specifically to cater to the guys on tour, but I think that you might see some changes in course selection for, for the season. So Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I mean, the, sh- the season's real condensed and his schedule's going to be packed, so I don't, I'm don't. i really curious to see how he can dial in his short game from 150 and in. But yeah, if he can just figure that out and catch fire there, I mean, he's a guy who could win like 
eight events in a year or something like i mean it's just like oh, yeah. playing from 100 yards out is a game changer you know yeah i mean it's just insane so i, I don't but know you've, man. Seen, it, you've seen this guy since since he was in college as far as anyone knows uh <clears throat> probably further back than that you know is a guy who is probably one of the most dedicated at least outwardly spoken dedicated people to his craft you know he's every so time you see he's working on something you know that that is one of the things that impresses me about Bryson the most is he decides hey this is going to make me better and i'm going to master this right. you know now and this season it happens to be getting bigger putting on weight muscle the ability to go out and hit the ball further he's done that you know you see him go with putting you know starting to work with with the putting team that he's working working with and everything and literally go to being one of the best putters over the course of, of a season and you know his irons and like how he put his balls in Epsom salt and all these unique quirky things that he has going on, but all of them are things that make him better. And he right. dedicates himself to making sure he's going to do that. And I think it's awesome. I mean, to me, I'm like, okay, so eventually you got to decide how many hours are there in a day and what am I going to dedicate myself to? But if, if next on his list is okay, my, my wedges need to get better. I have no doubt in my mind that come a few months from now, Bryson will be one of the top wedge players on the PGA tour. I mean, it's yeah. what he yeah. needs to do. He does. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's impressive. I mean, the fact that he can make all these changes to his body. I mean, if you make drastic changes to your body, that changes your golf swing. And the fact that he's not only able to just add speed, but consistently create accurate golf shots. I mean, that's, that's insanely, insanely impressive. So. Yeah. Well, what's funny want. is I was having, I've, I had this conversation with Joe on, I think it was Sunday night. Actually, it was that Sunday after the tournament, and I had this. Yeah. I've had this, seen this conversation a lot with play, people in the comments and just on other pages talking about Bryson. But the the, the question of people thinking Bryson's fat, like oh Bryson's <laughs> fat, like he's he's that guy's you know real thick and chunky and da 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 da. Yeah, he put on a lot of weight obviously over the last year, but the dude is ripped. Like I mean, he yeah, posts a picture. Big a couple of weeks ago um, where he's got a shirt off and he's got a six pack, you know, maybe he's put on a little bit more weight even since then. I don't know. And I can't confirm when that picture was taken, but the dude is solid. Like he's not yeah. got a gut on him or anything. Well, like cut I mean, season's and, coming up. And, he'll, he'll get cut. Yeah. And I was going to say, Rusty, see this, Travis, and I disagreed on this a little bit. This is, you know, cause Travis, he's got a six pack and I'm like, know if he's got a six pack right now i know he posted that picture and i have no doubt that he's in incredible shape but the reality of the situation is in order to build muscle you have to gain weight yeah. and 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 to me i'm looking at a guy who maybe is a little fluffier than he'd like to be you know i he may not admit that he may not say that and that's okay but but also going back to what i just said you're looking at a guy who a few months from now is going to be exactly where he wants to be because he yeah, dedicates himself. hundred percent. I mean, like, so, look at, look at weightlifters, right. You know, like they put on a ton of mass and when they're putting on muscle, they're also putting on fat. I mean, they're eating so much food. I bet his calorie intake is so insanely high. So the fact that he looks as good as he does now, watch once he cut, starts cutting it down, I'm telling you, he's going to, he's just going to look unreal. 
It's going to be crazy. Like I'm going to ask Bryson today. I'm going to ask him what his calorie intake is a day. Because you know he's yeah. got that down to a science, right? He's like, oh, oh I, need to, sure. I need to eat 7,500 calories today, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'll, I'll get that I'll get that intel from him today because I'm really curious. Can you curious. find out where the calories are coming from? Because I'm really interested if my man is crushing some Taco Bell or if we're going like <laughs> Snap Kitchen. To, like, Dude, he's crushing steak, steak and eggs all day long. it sounds like an awesome diet i just don't i think that won't be long till bryson's an ambassador for the butcher box out here and and (laughs) tell everybody hey hey, listen this is how i get my meat you know you guys get it here too no it's insane to see regardless and everything that guy does is obviously with a purpose and it's 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 exciting to see someone that's like overly passionate about you know multiple things since he's been in our eyes as viewers um, and as fans to see him get so passionate about something, master that craft and put it to use. I mean, there's so many times where someone says they're going to do something or they're interested in doing something and they fail to do it, you know? And when you put yourself out there publicly, like an athlete, like Bryson is, I mean, you're held to scrutiny if you continue to not deliver on those, those comments or those takes and dude, this guy's delivering. So we'll see. I mean, there's going to be more courses to be played that probably benefit the long game more than maybe colonial does colonial. You don't have to be long off the tee. Um, you've seen past champions there that don't really hit the ball too far. Um, but Hey, I mean, he was cutting corners that I didn't even know were possible. I am uh, saying. Cause so Ryan, uh, Joe and I had got the chance to play that course here recently. And like, you look at like number 12 and 14, I think where you, there's a little dog leg there. I mean, he, he literally was flying it over the trees and the dog leg landing it over bunkers that you have to carry three thirty, Right. And, and then taking the hit of the fairway and bouncing another 30 yards forward. It's like, it didn't even realize that was even a possibility, you know, it's like, well, just, and you've you've got guys that are, you know, playing the dog leg straight up the fairway and, you know, and they're 180, 190 out Bryson's 80 yards out with a 60 degree. And it's just insane. And and it's like the guys that designed that course didn't even think about that, you know, like, no, that, that's no. that's what I find to be wild. Like, never in a million years we'll put these trees here, trees here, and this bunker here, and no one will ever go this direction. And then here you yeah. got Bryson DeSlambo just crushing it. Love me some Ben Hogan, but I don't think Ben Hogan was ever going to fly those trees with his pre- uh, precision woods or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Ben Hogan, obviously being from Fort Worth, there's all these stories. They have the Ben Hogan Foundation is is out there at another course called Shady Oak right, right down the street. And that was his home course. Um, and they, he would, he would stand out over 18 and watch players come in. There's all these stories about like a guy who bought a Ben Hogan wedge uh, and, and chipped it in from a bunker and, and hold it out. Ben Hogan, you know, was standing on the green and saw it. And the guy ran up and said, I did it with your club. This is the first time I've ever made birdie on this hole. And Ben Hogan looked at it, looked down it, threw it in the lake. Cause he said, it wasn't right. Go get another one from, pro shop you know things like that and i literally you say that and i thought about what would ben hogan think if he were standing out there like he did on his course on 18 watching this guy cut these corners watching this guy mash this ball i just can't even fathom what players well if ben hogan was alive and capable of getting (laughs) you know back into his competitive nature juices i think he'd be a guy that hit the weights and eat steak and eggs all day because i mean i just watched a special (laughs) on ben hogan i mean the guy obviously went through that you know car accident and just destroyed his whole body and and got back and he was so competitive when he went over you know seas when he was uh drafted and was in the war or whatnot 
you know, coming back and just being so fired up to see the success of some of these other players that weren't going over there. And they took full advantage of, you know, his time away. And, you know, he came back and took the center stage again and stuff. So I think he'd be a guy who'd be like, I'm not gonna let this prick beat me. You know, I'm gonna go hit the weights. I'm gonna go hit the ball farther than him. <laughs> true, right? But, but true. All, all in was just incredible. It was good to see Spieth back. You know, that's a course he's won at. He's been fam- familiar with that course he's played there. He's from Dallas, but it was just good to see him back. I mean, him talking to his freaking golf ball and you know talking with Greller. I mean, the the back and forth between those two never lets you down. And it's you know, hopefully we see him near the top of the leaderboard more often, and hopefully in the victory circle here soon. But it's always fun to see Spieth. He's got that, I don't know, or something. I'm not going to put him in Tiger category, obviously, but it's always fun to see Spieth in contention. Like, it just makes it more interesting to watch and yeah. follow along. I don't know what it is about the guy, but he just brings that, that yeah. dynamic. He does have that kind of star power. I mean, when he came on and just was killing it and going wire to wire in the Masters, I mean, like, his energy, and he just gets so pumped up, and it's, it's kind of contagious, and it, and it – kind of does remind you of like a, a tiger personality almost, you know, I mean, hard to compare the two, but um, definitely fun to watch. I mean, I would love to see him just be number one and killing it. I think that would be great for golf. Yeah. It's that, to your point about that energy, you just don't get that from some of these other guys that are at the top, you know, like when Brooks right. is leading, it's kind of, you know, he's dominating and you respect that as a, as a player and stuff, but you're kind of like, it's not as interesting, right? You're kind of, like when he was dominating at the PGA last year, it was kind of like I just chose not to, to tune in anymore. And then I, I as a sucker, tuned back in on Sunday when DJ made his his charge on Sunday. But like, it wasn't it wasn't as fun. But like when when Spieth is leading the Masters in 2015 by a long shot, I couldn't stop watching. Like I was like, right. what's this guy going to do next? Like he's going to make right. another birdie, you know? So. I don't know. It's interesting how he has that. I mean, what would you contribute to that, Joe? I mean, what is it about speed that reels you in? Dude, it's, I think it's the personality. I mean, the truth, the fact of the matter, I like Brooks. I think Brooks is a, he's a great guy. I don't have a personal relationship with him by any means, but I think he's, I think he's a phenomenal player, but there's just, there's nothing super inviting from Brooks that makes you be like, Oh yeah. Like I want to connect with this guy. I have a relationship with this guy. I feel like, and I think the thing that's great about Jordan Spieth is Jordan Spieth makes everyone feel like they have a relationship with him. You know, if you, if you see him at a tournament, you know, even if he's looking at your badge, he's looking at your badge to make sure that he says your name the right way. He asked me to take a picture last year at uh byron nelson of of him and his crew and he looks and he's like hey thanks joe you know he makes sure to go out of his way that he makes you feel important and i think he does that with fans and i think he does that when he's on tv he's just got this inviting presence that make people be like hey i want to be a part of his story and that to me i think is 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 why the world roots for speed and i want to see him back on top just as much as you guys travis picked him to win a major this year He's going to win the, he's going to win the masters coach. That's what's going to happen. So predicted it. He's going to come back out. You know, listen, I'm glad he's not wasting any of these W's on events, you know, right now, like let's just get his confidence back up. And then when he builds up to the masters, go get that second green jacket that you uh, lost to Danny Willett, you know, a few years ago. Mm. Back, back on top. Uh, God, <laughs> that was a tough, that was a tough day. Is someone, uh, yeah, that was the air just was sucked out of hole Man, twelve that just day. Brutal. Uh, absolutely. I, oof. 
I, so let's let's I talk can't. about the 17th hole real quick. So it's a it's a reasonably short par four. You can get into trouble on the right side. You got a tree that kind of overhangs the, the the fairway there. But a lot of these guys are playing iron off the tee, short iron into the green, two putt, get out of there, right? So we, we talked about 17 on a couple pods ago about how the grandstands aren't there. Spieth won the event a few years back. His ball flew over that. You know, it hit, you know, he got a good relief because of the stands. That wasn't going to be the case this year because obviously no fans, right? But there's a different story about 17 uh, today. You had Xander who was playing phenomenal all week, and I honestly was rooting for the guy. I saw a special on him and his father, and you just you know I like Xander. I've interacted with his caddy Austin uh, a few times. He was on the, my on the T series, and he's from California. He's a Broncos fan. I don't know what that's all about, but we we can deal with that later. But you know, I'm rooting for those guys, and, I, you know, he's playing great. He's on 17. All he has to do is par in, and he's in a playoff, right? Thinking the guy's probably going to go make birdie on 17 or 18 and just win it outright. Right, and right. He's, he's got a 15- or 20-foot putt for, par, uh, for birdie on 17, misses it, you know, goes beyond the hole like three feet, and he lips out. And it's one of the most brutal lip outs I've ever seen. It goes all the way around the hole and just stays out like an inch. And, you know – class act that Xander is he just doesn't even react to it taps it back in and walks off to the 18th tee box and keeps his composure the cameras were on him the entire walk which must have felt like five miles for him but he goes and you know hits a good tee ball goes into the the right rough a little bit on 18 but does not make a, a birdie and loses out on the playoff by one stroke and after him playing so great all week, to have that happen has got to be just soul-crushing. And then you've got Colin, who went to the playoff, missed a short putt on 18 to win it outright. And Berger is actually watching him, you know, from the grandstands, like yeah. seeing what he's going to do. And he, he just completely missed the hole. He didn't even lip out. And that's a pretty straightforward putt. And then you've got 17 in the playoff does the same thing that Xander did, but he just he blocked his putt and then just it just lipped out as a power lip out and there you have it, Burger's the champion. But it's like to lose an event or lose a chance to go into a playoff after playing so good all week in the build up from quarantine to get back on tour, to lose it off a putt that's a few feet. I mean, how devastating is that gotta be? Dude, I mean oh, okay, so Colin, Colin hasn't won, right? He, he did he, he won Colin, last year. Colin won. Victory one last year. Okay, so, but think about that. Like, just a a four-footer or whatever, how far he was on 18 to to win on the PGA Tour, it's got to be just such a pressure putt. And he's a young guy, too. It's just like, you know, I think that's going to be something that over time, after winning a couple times and getting a little bit more comfortable and feeling like you can assert some dominance – but, like, you know, he almost had to feel that presence of Daniel Berger just sitting there watching him. You know, just oh, – I once they showed that camera angle of Berger looking over him as he putt, I was like, oh, my God, he's probably going to miss this. I was like, yeah. I just feel like the energy's there for him to miss this putt. And, dude, I mean – So it was your fault. You jinxed I, <laughs> I might have. I might have. <laughs> I don't know. It, Jeez. It was crazy. No. It, dude, I, 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 oh. so, so I saw the close-up of the putt. Have you all seen that angle, Travis? I know you've seen it. Well, I'm um, pretty familiar with it, yes. If you watch, right as he's getting mid-backstroke, it looks like he flinches. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. hitch. 
that you see and then the stroke is not smooth and when you see that stroke come through you it's pushed i mean no question about it and i think to your point i think that pressure that feeling of like okay i've got my chance i i wouldn't be surprised i would i would ask a lot of pga tour guys i'd be interested to ask what's harder the first one or the second one um and i wouldn't be surprised to hear that the second one is the harder one because now you feel the pressure of like feeling like I have to do it right. I have to win. I have to win versus we haven't won. You know, it's it, some people may disagree. I don't know, but I, I'd really be interested to, to, to hear the answer to that question. Cause I just, you know, it's, it's crazy. We played 17. I think I hit like four iron off the tee and then had wedge into the green and we played the tips back there. And I'm like, how can you not hit the ball in the fairway with your iron? Put it up now. The green, the green slopes pretty severely, so I don't know. I just, but I feel, I feel for Colin. I mean, that's. I feel, I feel worse for him. I mean, he had two cracks at either winning or continuing the, the yeah. playoff. Xander, I mean, I just feel bad. He's, you know, we want to see Xander win. I think Xander's a guy we talked about. Bryce Butler picked him to win a major this year, and I think he, I think he's a resilient guy. He's won multiple times. On tour, I don't think it's going to maybe affect him as bad as it does Colin potentially, but we'll see. I mean, he's a young guy. A lot of these these kids are resilient to be a professional golfer and to make it through the collegiate ranks and the amateur ranks and, and everything. It's just such a grind that one thing like this shouldn't really, you know, write their history or affect them too much. Right. But man, it's just awful. I mean, I, I honestly, to me, like sometimes even playing with your buddies, if it's a money match or whatever, having like, like an easy three put foot put three foot putt can be in your head more than just like a six footer, you know, that you really have to just dial in and really read the line and hit the putt. And you got a two or three foot putt that you, your friends are making you putt. It's like the one last thing you're thinking sometimes is like, Oh, I can't miss this putt. Don't miss this putt. Or, Oh, this is the putt that I normally miss. Ha ha. And then you do. Right. So I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's really crazy to see an event in like that. You hate to see it, but again, congrats to burger. He deserved it. He was the champion and, We'll move forward from there. So I want to talk about one more thing before we jump on to the next segment. But Jim Nance came out and said that they, you know, invited and encouraged everybody to be mic'd up for this event, which I thought was interesting. And it came out that Ricky was the only person who accepted that. And he wore a mic on Thursday, which I haven't seen any footage of Ricky, you know, mic'd up or anything that came of that. Anyways, Ricky didn't play very good this week anyways. So it kind of didn't really play out well for the 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 broadcast, but a tweet came out from Adam Hanwin that he basically um, said that he volunteered to be mic'd up and it never happened. So, and I think there's a lot of other players that did as well. Um, Is it just, Hey, you know, everyone, we want you to be mic'd up, but if you're not Ricky, Rory Brooks and so forth, don't worry about it. I mean, shouldn't the tour just kind of say, Hey guys, um, everyone tell us if you're willing to be mic'd up or not. And if you're in contention or if you're someone of interest on this particular day, we'll turn on your audio. Yes or no. Like, shouldn't it be kind of handled that way? Cause I think it's a little bit of a, a slap in the face to have one. Right. So I think you have, I think you have two issues here, right? One is can they supply 170 mics to every player that's out on a golf course? That seems like it would be a massive undertaking. Cause think about they're already having to go in and do testing on every single person that walks through, imagine every single player had it, having to add the logistics of each player getting mic'd up. And if we turn on the mic or whatever, 
whatever it may be. And, and so I just, I see that being a difficult thing. I think it'd be awesome if they could figure out how to make it work, but I think it adds more difficulty to the player for the tournament than it's probably worth if we want to see good golf. I was just going to add on to what you're saying, just to the difficulty of being mic'd up is, um, you know, I, I've been mic'd up before for, for shoots and things like that. And as a golfer, being mic'd up is so uncomfortable. So, I mean, like literally it can limit your golf swing and it can come unhooked and then you're worried about that yeah. subconsciously. And it's just, it's just, I think it's a burden. I don't know what kind of mics you're using, but I'm sure that they're nothing special. Kind of like what they were using Lapel. in the match with, with There's Tiger. There's a little mic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you've got a lab mic on, it's it's not that easy to play golf in. So, I don't know. It, there's some work that definitely needs to be done there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the second thing that I would, would say is I think what Jim Nance probably should have said is we offered to everyone, uh, but out of the featured groups, the only person to volunteer was Ricky Fowler. Um, and I think, I think that's probably what they were kind of leaning on is, is, hey, we have these specific featured groups. Because think, think about the logistics of CBS was having difficulty as it is. And, and shout out to them for doing a phenomenal job of producing this with limited capability. But they've got a limited number of cameras, a limited number of cameramen. They're trying to chase around to many different holes, chase down different people. The logistics of, of that would be so difficult with trying to get to a player that you don't have a camera on all the time. And so to me, I think, I think what their goal was is, hey, we've got these great featured groups. We've got these phenomenal WGC-style featured pairings. Let's get them mic'd up, see who's willing out of them, and then the cameras are already going to be on them anyways. Let's have them get some insight. And I think Ricky was probably the only one out of those groups that was willing to do so, which isn't surprising. No, I mean, he's definitely wording was incorrect. And, you know, Nance wasn't – look, Nance doesn't do these, af, like, after-round interviews either, right? That's up to usually Amanda Balionis. And so some of those were kind of awkward and, you know, not done really that well. Bryson <laughs> even gave Jim some some heat after Bryson finished up. Jim kind of basically conceded the tournament to someone else other than Bryson, even though, you know, Bryson, I think at the time, was just one off the lead and – you know, there's lots of mistakes that can be had, especially there on the 17th hole, which we found to be true. Bryson quickly corrected Jim and said, well, it's not over yet. Like, and just kind of had like this, you know, a snap back at him, which I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's still in there. You got to stick around. He could be going to a playoff. But um, I, if they could figure out to make it comfortable or it's not going to impact their swing, I think it'd be cool if, you know, everyone knows the featured groups. You don't know who's going to come out on fire on Thursday or even Friday for that matter. But as a, as a viewership, you know who the featured groups are Thursday, Friday. So it'd be interesting to say like, Hey, maybe we can get one player in each featured group. Or if, even if it's not the player, maybe there's a way they could mic up the caddy or put something on the player's bag or something like that, where you're getting some level of unique audio that might not be the world's greatest, but it's something to give us an inside glimpse of what's going on between the ropes or whatever. And then on Saturday, Sunday, the featured groups shift and they do that already in the app. You know, they already do that on TV. I mean, they're not going to show Rory at two over par when you've got Adam Hadwin or, you know, somebody that's 11 under, I mean, we might not want to see someone who's 11 under that. We don't even know who they are, but you know, you're going to follow the leaderboard, you know? And so it's like, all right, great. That's a new feature group. Let's see if we can get somebody in there and put it on their bag or their caddy or, or whatever. But I think it's I think it's something they have to go to because golf is extremely boring to watch. I mean, I love golf. I've run golf pages. I'm doing this podcast, but like, it's really hard to sit there and just like watch golf for multiple hours. You know, if they added some some stuff like that, I don't know that it makes it 
extremely more interesting. But for someone who like me who enjoys the sport and appreciates, you know, good play, like there needs to be something else, I think, to like make it interesting to watch. And I think that's really what's on the table right now that would make most sense. Well, what are your what are your thoughts on it? Like if, put yourself in their shoes, like as a player, or as a caddy, and you've now got a mic listening in on kind of your strategy, how you guys communicate, you know, um, things like that. I mean, don't you see like there's a potential, you know, privacy infringement kind of thing going on there? I mean, like all that's mic'd up, it's probably recorded, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, how you operate and how you work, you know, that a lot of guys tend to do keep tend to keep private. Like now that's out there. What do you think about that? Yes and no. I think that with golf, you know, it's pretty out there for the most part anyways. Like you have all this stuff on the courses and how to read the greens and stuff. There's not really a lot of like hidden secrets, if you will. I think experience goes a long way. I mean, you hear that over and over again, like, oh, Tiger knows this course better than anybody, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I think that they do a good job in the NFL where they mic up the quarterbacks. Yeah. for certain players and i think there's just certain things that are off limits versus on limits that they that they'll air and i think you go into that as the player and as the league and as you know the broadcast to know what's on off limits and what's you know what's good to air and i think i don't know i mean ultimately yeah, i think it can be time, the player's choice but at the same time those nfl players are never being broadcast live what they're saying Right. It's only highlights after the, the play the game is over. I mean, think about even the well, and they match. can do well and they can do that with um they can do that with golf though, right? I mean say, hey, let's go let's go over to the tenth the tenth to see what Phil Mickelson's doing. You know, and it, it knowing yeah. that Phil's mic'd up, you know, it's not a live broadcast, it's going back and it just changes the way we view it. But I agree with you. I mean, you don't know what he's going to say. I mean, if he chunks it and just starts dropping the F-bomb or, you know, starts yelling at his cat. I mean, that Which would be is great happen. TV. It would be amazing. I mean, see, that's what I'd be looking for is a guy running a meme page and someone who just wants to see something interesting in golf. But I don't know. I guess they just have to have a strategy around it. I don't think it's as simple as, like, hey, golden boy Ricky, wear a microphone and walk around. I know you're not going to say anything wrong. You know, because that, that's honestly yeah. probably what the strategy was is – he's pony boy of the PGA tour and he's not going to do anything wrong for anybody. So we're comfortable with you wearing a mic and we'll go from there. And, and like, you know, unfortunately he just didn't play good. So we didn't get to see any of it. No. Right. I don't know. I think it's touchy. I um, mean, just to know that you have like an audience in your ear, like uh, everything you're saying is, is, is being listened to or could be listened to. It's just another thing you got to worry about on the golf course. And that's just going to take away from like the extreme amount of focus these guys need to go out there and win tournaments. So uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd be down. I mean, think about the match, a televised charitable event that the whole purpose of the event was to get the insight into these guys out on the golf course, talking, talking trash, having fun, you know, what they're doing. Tiger Woods took off his microphone (laughs) because he wanted to win this thing and was so determined, like, I've got to play well, that he turned it off. And Peyton started talking the rest of the time, you know, and and all that to be like, think about how distracting it must have been in a charity event for, for Tiger to be willing to, to make that move. Right. So I, I'm with Ryan. I I don't think, I just don't think logistically it makes sense. I mean, maybe you can have like a guy or two, a tournament that you can get highlights from and stuff like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, outside of, you know, 
outside of that, I think it's it's a tough thing because well, that's where like with NFL, it's like it's it's not distracting them, right? It's in their helmet, so like right. you know, you can throw, you can run, you can get tackled, whatever. But like, there's got to be something a technology where they can put it on their bag. You know, or they can put it on their caddy and it picks up the sound around them or whatever. And it doesn't ever have to be live. It can be something like, hey, look, because they do go, they go back and do the Konica Minolta swing thing. And they, they, you know, they go back and look at highlights. They can do it and go back and look at something. Hey, let's, let's, let's watch this interaction between the caddy player real quick, or let's go back and see what Phil's thoughts were on this shot. You know, so yeah. there's, I think there's opportunity to do it the right way and do it where it's not as invasive to the players, not only from a privacy standpoint, but from just how they play. Cause you're right. I mean, when you go into the golf course, you're thinking of so many things at any given moment and to have one thing make you feel like golfers are so finicky that like if the club looks a certain way or, yeah. you know, it, it's in your head. Right. So the last thing you want is a wire to pop out or to rub against you the wrong way. And you, it causes you a stroke, you know, and, or you lose a stroke and it costs you tons of money at the end or FedEx cup points or something. So I, I totally get it. I just they, there's just ways I think that they can try it differently. I don't know that they've gone that far yet to figure it out. I think it's still kind of in its infancy. So let's let's move on to the out of bounds segment. Four. I want to talk about some feel good stuff for 2020. I know the tour came back in a big way. We had a lot of fun watching that. But man, yesterday some amazing news dropped. I got sent to me. My boy Smiley Kaufman was the champion at his club championship in Alabama. So. Comeback season is in full force. I'm really excited to see this. It's it, You love to see him hoisting a trophy. It's been a while. I think this is a big step in the right direction for him to get back, you know, Corn Ferry, PGA Tour. I think this is the right step in the right direction. So didn't see anything publicly from Smiley's page, but had a lot of people that were actually in the event sharing some of the stuff. It sounded like they had about a seven-stroke lead going into uh, the final round, which is great. And they collapsed. It actually went into a playoff. It was a struggle. And they ended up coming. So, I mean, my boy Smiley, I think with his experience, <laughs> I think with his experience and his, his, you know, victory on the PGA Tour and his accomplishments, I think, you know, he's able to really persevere and make this happen. So, I'm stoked. I mean, dude, I don't, I've never won a club championship. I actually lost in the finals once. It was the net flight. And I, I can't confirm if this was the net flight or the low gross. I'm not sure exactly what Smiley won. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say that it was probably the, the low gross. Um, but I think that it's phenomenal. I'm excited to see it. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come. So I don't know if you guys followed that at all, but man, I, I want Smiley to win more than anybody. So, and I, I'm doing my part to give him oh, no. congratulations. So I'm excited. So hopefully we see him back in the winner's circle here on tour here shortly. So moving on from Smiley, great news, 2020's on the men, but we got some bad news yesterday. The PGA Championship announced that they're not going to have fans at their event in San Francisco. I, for one, am not a big fan of San Francisco, so no, uh, no <laughs> loss on my part. Definitely don't want to be visiting that city anytime soon. But um, just a bummer, man. I mean, yeah, not a fan right now. I mean, not, not in the current, you know, everything going on. But I, I tell you, I think at the end of the day, major championships man you gotta have fans like it's just gonna be different it's gonna hit different and it just it's gonna be tough but for me i mean i'm gonna watch it for my tv regardless but it's just it's a tough one and that, that'll be hey. an interesting one because the rough will be up in a, a major championship you're not gonna have mm -hmm. people like walking the sides and like you know getting the grass to lay down a little bit you're not gonna help finding balls or anything so it, that one will be inter interesting it will be a different dynamic but 
just definitely a bummer. And hopefully we don't see that, you know, happen with other majors that are coming up. You know, we still got a couple more on the, the docket and just fingers crossed. Listen, I got something to say to this. Okay. Just, just this, this past segment, 30 seconds ago, we were celebrating little victories. Okay. Little victories. That's what 2020 is about. Right. Little victories. We're getting a major championship on TV. Right. That is something to celebrate. It's a little Stoked. victory. Yeah, we may not be able to be there in person. Bummer. We are going to get to watch the best golfers in the world compete to hoist a trophy. Let me ask you a question. Are you more bummed about fans not being at the PGA Championship, or are you more bummed that there will be no Open Championship in 2020? Um, that's, I mean, listen, the obviously obvious answer to that is I'm definitely bummed that there's not going to be an open championship, you know, of but, course. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, but it's just, it's, it's, it's just frustrating to see. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it'd be more fun to see, you know, the fans there It'd be fun to, you know, to go to these majors and to be a part of them and stuff. And it's just going to be different. It's going to hit different, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's just a bummer, you know, and I think golf being outside, you know, I think that there's plenty of opportunity where people can go there and be safe and, and do whatever they need to do, but they're going to do what they need to do. Um, they're going to make sure that player safety and everything is just in check, you know, and who knows what to see. I mean, we're going to have this event this week with no fans. We're going to have a couple more events with no fans. And then they're saying they're going to tee it back up at the Memorial by bringing fans in, but you know, the jury's still out. We'll see, you know, it's, it's a tough time I and mean, we've got a pandemic it's election year. Everyone's going to be extra careful about everything, you know? So I think that I, for me personally going into it, I would just expect that we don't have fans the rest of the year at anything. That's, you know, I don't, if we have fans in Memorial, I'll buy everybody here a mizzen and main item of their choosing. Cause I do, I do not believe it's going to happen. And I don't know that I think that that's I, – I, I think it's probably the right call. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I think it's sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry, right? So – and you just – you never know. But, I mean, right now I'm always doom and gloom and expect the exact – like the worst thing to possibly happen. And if I'm talking – I don't think they're going to be canceling events, but I think that they would be canceling the fans going to these events. You know, and so PJ Championship just kind of – said, hey, we're going to lead the charge and we're going to announce right now. Would not be surprised if, you know, the U.S. Open did the same thing. It's in New York, which is, you know, got a lot of, uh, you know, still issues with coronavirus and so forth. And so, you know, it's just it's just something that you kind of have to expect and just not be disappointed with it at every announcement. It would just be nice to say, hey, the season's resumed. We're going to play and we're not going to have any fans. Just let the cat out of the bag now and just move forward with it. And we'll move the Ryder Cup to 2021. You know, would you rather take that away? Would you rather just go ahead and take it away than hold out hope for the possibility of there being fans at some point down the road? Mm, I would. That's a tough question. I mean, Ryder Cup without fans would not be a Ryder Cup. That's the Ryder only Cup event where players have basically come out and said we'd rather postpone it. Everyone else is like, no, hey, let's play the Charles Schwab Challenge. Let's play, yeah, play the season. You know, yeah, yeah, let's play even the PGA Championship. Let's play the Masters. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just like, let's do it. But that's the only event where the players have come out and just said, hey, let's postpone it. We can wait. You know, and I, and I agree. Like I beat going 100%. to one. Like Masters is unique and different because it's such a special experience that you'd love to be able to go to that. And I, you know, if anyone's going to be able to try to make it work, you know, hopefully it'd be them, but you know, every other tournament, 
I don't really love going to them. Like I just, I don't, I'd rather sit down and watch it at my house, to be honest with you, unless you have like an amazing hospitality tent off of like the 18th green and you're just boozing, having a good time or something. But even when you're doing that, you're really not watching the golf or appreciating the golf. Uh, but when it comes to the Ryder cup, I was walking the fairways, you know, outside the ropes, just cheering and having the time of my life. And like every shot was so critical and it mattered. And the fans were just like shouting, like it was a football game. Like it was just, and it had such a big impact on, I think the player's performance, whether it was hyping them up or getting in their heads to make them play worse. So that to not have that and to have that be on our soil here in the United States, like it's going to be a huge hit for us. And so I'd rather have the fans, if that meant postponing it to 2021, then so be it. And we'll get lucky because we'll probably have another one the following year and we'll be spoiled with Ryder Cups. And Prez Cups. That's true. You have a Ryder Cup and a Prez Cup in the same year? Yeah. Wow. That'd be- what if they found a way to do it all, like in one big event? They've joined together to form one giant mega person. <laughs> Almost like the Olympics. Imagine if, imagine if we had some kind of like all three of them compete against each other. You have the internationals, you have the European team, and you have the U.S. team. And all three of them compete. The only thing that sucks is, like, the guys who are competing for that spot now, like, they can't carry over. I feel like if you've kind of earned that spot during that time frame, it should just be cemented in that that's you. You know, I just – I think that that's, that's just really unfortunate. We've talked to two people on our podcast now that have been on the outside looking in that were probably pretty deserving to be on one of those teams – can you imagine of earning a spot and they're like, Oh, we're going to delay it because of players feelings of fans or whatever for another six months or eight months. So that's going to open up qualifications for people to, to play during those months to get a spot on the Ryder cup team. I, although uh, as a fan, you want the best players that are playing the best to play on that team. But at the same time, how screwy is that for the people who've played good in the time that you were supposed to be qualifying for it and you get the short end of the stick happens every year though. Well, no, I mean, not not in this case where it was scheduled and it gets sure. postponed, right? So, sure. but, I, but I get your point. I mean, like, you, you play hot at the end, you're going to earn your way in, you know? I know they adjusted the captain's picks and stuff uh, as well, so there's going to be more of those. Uh, so that, that will help. Um, so that way there's the, the people who automatically qualify are probably going to be the same people anyways. So hopefully maybe that helps out with Stricker picking the right people you know, at the right time. So we'll see. I mean, there's so many things that we don't know what's going to happen or where we're going to go, but we do know what's going to happen. We have a tournament this weekend over in Hilton head and it was wrongfully reported that Tiger Woods was firing up the yacht and heading up to South Carolina to go play in his first event back after coronavirus pandemic. And that is not happening. So it sounds like he was just doing a little leisurely ride out there on his yacht and not, uh, preparing for the tournament, which is a huge letdown. But we still have a star-studded lineup going into the week. We've got a lot of big names that were there this this last week in Fort Worth. So, you know, I'm excited. We had C.T. Pan, who was the defending champion. He came out and, you know, emerged as the, the victor last year. I think we'll see him come out and play well again, try to defend his title. But you've got, you know, DJ, you've got Brooks, you've got all these big names that are out there. Um, and we've had, you know, a list of really good champions here in recent years. So I'm excited for the event as well. Second week back, I think the broadcast will be a little sharper, a little better. But, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts going to this week? Are you guys excited about this event and this particular course setup? Always. It's a great course. Um, beautiful part of the country. Great place to play golf and watch golf. So I'm stoked for it. It's going to be a good one. 
I love I love Hilton Head, man. The, you know who my favorite champion there is? Wesley Bryan. <laughs> he won there. He won there. That was the coolest. Yeah, he but win man, the tournament. I'll tell you what. He, he epic fail, epic fashion faux pas to win that event and to to don that jacket wearing pink pants. Like, no, oh, disagree. <laughs> no, no, I disagree entirely. I disagree. No, no. I, 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 just, I, love, I, I remember that picture and I was like, bro, like, dude, if you think you're even in contention, you throw on some Navy Excuse pants. Me. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I, I'd like to speak to this, please, because two things. Um, one, that's his every Sunday outfit is, is the pink pants, blue shirt. So he wears yeah. every Sunday. Uh, second of all, there is no better thing to win, uh, to wear while winning in the state of South Carolina than pastels. Nothing. It is, it, that is what the state is made for, is for pastels. And the pink pastel pants, sure, the jacket may not match perfectly, but that's the fun of it, okay? You go to an event in South Carolina, you're wearing pink pants, yellow shirt, green jacket, pink bow tie, you're rocking it, okay? Geez, we really, really hit a nerve here. <laughs> I think Joe's from South Carolina. I don't know. Can you tell that, Ryan, or not? I'm not sure. <laughs> go, Joe, Joe's full-on go Cox. <laughs> go Cox. You have to be wearing pink pants, boat shoes, braided belt, and a comb-over, or you're not from South Carolina. Going to South like, Carolina? Listen, I, you want to know something? I'm not going to lie to you. We spent a lot of time in negotiation in the early Brian Bros days yeah. with a golf bow shoot company. Yeah. A boat shoes with golf cleats on the bottom. I'm about yeah. it. I still own a pair, and they're awesome. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a post. I saw a post. I thought it was. I thought it was bad clowning on. Uh, you're not clowning, but disrespectful to CT. But they've got this post that Golf TV made, and the RBC Heritage reposted it. Of you know, hey, who do you think is going to be wearing the jacket this week? And it has JT Brooks, Rom Rose. DJ Rory and doesn't even have the returning champ on there. Ooh, I'm, like, what a shot. I'm like, I'm like, that's just, that hits hard, man. And like, when I saw that, I was like, I like CT. He's been good to me. Like, I'm like, Great I dude. hope he freaking defends, man. I'm like, that's just like, I get you're getting bigger names, you know, because the tour got put on hold and all that stuff. But right. dude, that's disrespectful to your returning champ. You know, I was like, that's, that's not good. So that's a tough look. Yeah, that's a tough look. But, I mean, I don't know the course. I've never played it. Um, so, I hope to play it sometime soon or whatever. So, I, I, don't, I don't know much about it. I, I've, I've always felt like it's been an entertaining, you know, weekend, you know, tournament to watch because you're kind of on the Masters high coming off the Masters where I'm just, like, not really – I don't really care what's going on in golf the next week. But then the weekend hits, and you always have some good big names on the leaderboard. I remember Kuchar's big win there a few years back, holding out – on the last hole from the bunker was really fun to watch. Um, never forget those pink pants from your boy, you know, Wesley Ryan. But I, I, at the end of the day, like the names this week, you know, are incredible. So I, I hope, you know, for me, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pull from my boy Bryson again, just because the, the dude played so well, he, you know, blew it on 17, hitting his sand wedge, like 250 yards. But at the end of the day, like I, I'd love to see him bounce back and get the victory and see all his hard work pay off to to get the big win. I I think I think Bryson is going to win probably multiple tournaments for the rest of this year. 
I don't think this is the one. Uh, Harbortown is not a course that requires you to hit the ball far. And, uh, you know, it, we talk about returning champions. I don't know how far CT Pan hits it, but I don't often hear his name mentioned in the category of, of long hitter. Uh, your boy Wesley Bryan um, with the pink pants, uh, I believe averaged like 295 off the tee. Um, I don't think you can hit it. Won. Can you hit it far wearing pink pants? I'm not sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I, next time we play, I'll show you. Okay. I'll bring my All pink right, pants. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> um, and bow but, shoes. But they're green, too. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, they're awesome. Anyways, so, so I, you know, I, I, love, I love Bryson as a pick for many tournaments this year. Uh, I think easily could be a guy to, to return and win at Memorial again. Um, but, but I don't, I don't think, I think this, uh, I think this week we're going to go with, uh, with a shorter hitter and I'm going to go with a, a dark horse pick, a guy that I think is trending upwards. I'm pretty excited about it. Austin cook. That's the winner this week. Wait and see. He's dialed. Doesn't miss fairways. Hits it straight. This course sets up super well for him. And as long as his short game is dialed in. I think I think at, uh, at the end of the week we're going to be see see somebody new slipping on the, that plaid jacket. I, he's uh, he's he's been a tour champ or a PGA Tour championship. He won um, was it in 2018? You said uh, he won uh, 17 RSM Classic. Okay, okay. So time to get back into the winner circle. He's due. So uh, I like it. Dark horse picks are good, man. It's always fun to be you know pulling for someone on the dark dark horse side and i'm sure the uh i'm you know getting back into the uh, pga tour betting things of life and uh i'm sure those the odds would be pretty favorable and be a fun one to pick for sure absolutely what about you Heard coach what are, what are you thinking i want to go with bryson as well uh that's my homie and i want him to win as many tournaments as he can and i think he will i think he can and i also just want to see them make a jacket that big which was hilarious. <laughs> Fly in more plaid. Come on. <laughs> we need more plaid. Too bad. Yeah, dude, I, I can't. I mean, it'd be good, too, to see. I don't know if Colin or Xander are playing this weekend. I'd have to confirm. But, man, it'd be nice to see one of them rebound, too, if uh, if Bryce doesn't pick up the victory, just to see someone bounce back quickly. So that way we can kind of erase the, the bad juju from, from Colonial. I'm thinking it'll be another another nail biter. I mean, these dudes are so hungry right now. I don't think anybody's been more hungry to play golf and win and make some money. So it's gonna yeah. be close. It's gonna be wild. No, I'm excited for it, man. I mean, at, at the end of the day, let's just keep it coming. I think uh, we've got plenty of good tournaments ahead of us. The major seasons right around the corner, and you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fired up. So hopefully, we just see another good you know finish on Sunday. Keep us entertained and get these players sharp for when the tournaments start really mattering in the majors and, and, uh, and go from there. And man, just keep grinding smiley. Really excited about that, the club championship victory and hope to see you out soon get some other victories on, you know, the corn Ferry tour and hopefully the PGA tour. Cause as much as people may think that I'm a, a complete hater and don't want to see the guy win, I do. I want to see him be successful and back in the winter circle. I want, the comeback of the spring break boys. I want to see SBK 2021 and I want to see everyone happy and successful. That's what I want to see. So, and I'd love to tag along. And Let me ask you content. a question. First, Bryce, 
Uh, Smiley comes back, wins a tournament. What's the first meme you post? I mean, I've done several where he's gone out and shot, you know, 65, and I've done a fun meme where he's, like, coming at me. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's stopped there, you know, and he goes back out and shoots 78 the next day or something. But it'd be something along those lines, you know, and it might even be kind of like one of those like El Presidente posts that you see from Portnoy where I have to just come face the camera and do like a live stream, just congratulating the dude and just saying how happy I am for him. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Props you know, maybe admitting it, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it was like, hey, maybe, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't say that I'm wrong. The guy has played like complete horseshit for the last couple of years. So I don't think I'm wrong. I think people would say like I'd be wrong for piling on him or whatever. The problem that people don't see is like there aren't many people in golf that consistently play bad. Like it's like, Hey, I had a bad shot or I had a bad round or I had a bad stretch for a couple of weeks. Like he's yep, the guy who's played bad a, a lot, you know? And so he's the Cleveland Browns of the PGA tour. And if you go follow Se- an NFL second greatest coach, comeback in, in, in golf history is what it would be. Yeah, I mean, but but listen, the the Cleveland Browns get destroyed on NFL meme pages. Like, unfortunately, he's the Cleveland Browns of of the PGA Tour. Doesn't mean he's a bad person, you know, at all. Um, I think he's for for good and bad stories about him. I'm going to say that it's it's more good, and I I, I want him to do well. And I, you know, honestly, if he does well, he's going to secure his card and he's going to keep playing, which means more potential for memes for me, you know, and and. Uh, I'd love to bury the hatchet and be good with him and stuff. Think he's taking it far too personal, um, which I don't blame him for that. But I would probably come out and just do like a live video and just be like, hey, dude, you know, I beat you up. Hopefully I was some level of motivation along the way. Hopefully when you were grinding, you were like, fuck that PGA memes guy. Like I'm going to get back in the tour winning circle or whatever. Probably not. But at the end of the day, like I would say, hey, dude, I'm the first person to congratulate you. I'll fall on the sword. Congratulations hopefully get many more victories. Maybe something like that, you know, cause I, I want him to be successful. I want him to win for sure. Like if I, there was like a, a prop bet where it was like odds on, if he cries for his first victory back on tour. Uh, I mean, he should, <laughs> I mean, I would, if I were him, dude, I might even cry. I mean, I feel like I've been through a lot of this with them, you know, the highs and lows. I'd probably tear up a little bit. Yeah, you're definitely been a part of their journey for sure. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we need a, an all-in challenge to play golf with with Smiley Kaufman. That's what I feel like we need to have happen. Is Smiley put up there the ability to to play golf with him, and you need to buy it. Yeah, uh, would would you think he turn it down like Goodell turned down Portnoy's? Um... No, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> I can't believe that Goodell did that to Portnoy. I just it's unbelievable, ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Looks, I can't comment too much on this, but it's a bad look. Yeah, it's not a good look for sure. So, but hey, all the all the success to Smiley. I hope he does well. I think you know. Joking aside, I know it's just a club championship, but playing good is playing good. You know, and like having confidence and having fun on the golf course is what's most important. And you even heard Jordan Spieth say that this week. You know, he's like, when I'm just having fun and playing, like that's when I play my best. Like when I take myself too seriously, I get in my head. I start struggling and that's the same thing. So it's like, I don't care if, if he goes out and shoots 59 or 60 at his local course on a Saturday with friends, or he goes and wins the club championship, whatever. It's a good step in the right direction. Jokes aside. So I, I do hope he just inches his way closer to more success and, you know, go from there. 
it's a special day for golf. Today is Phil Mickelson's 50th birthday. Oh, yes. This is correct. He officially can play on the Champions Tour. Oof. Will he? I hope. How awesome would that be? I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he will either. I think he has too much pride. He'd win every single event. Happy birthday, Phil. I don't think he'd win every single event. He'd win every event. I don't think so. I think those guys are far. I think he'd do really well. I think those guys are way more competitive than you you think. You know, I and plus Phil has his ups and downs, but he'd win a lot. But dude, big fifty. I think he. I think he'll go out and win the the U.S. Senior uh, Open, right? To get that. Got to complete that. the Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the Phil fashion, I think he would do that just to do it and like be funny with an asterisk. I finally got something. it, dude. That's yeah. my favorite thing about Phil Mickelson. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people forget that that he he came onto the tour. He won as an amateur. Last guy yeah. to win as an amateur on the PGA Tour, and yeah. he's turned that into one of the best social media platforms. Uh, tons of great moments. I'm rocking the the film as an in the name logo. Nice back. Got to. Um. So you know, I just special day. Great, yeah, great guy. No, it's it's uh. I mean, I can't believe that he's fit. It's unfortunate that we didn't get his social media presence until just recent years. You know I mean? I can you imagine having the Phil, you know, knowing who he really is for so long. Like he's just such a fun, entertaining guy. So I guess given that it's Phil's 50th birthday and happy birthday, Phil, um, what let's go through and kind of name out our favorite Phil moments, at least to kind of end the podcast. So why don't we start with you, Ryan? Uh, Phil moments. I mean, first of all, Phil, love you. You've been like a father to me growing up, uh, one lefty to another. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I was like, wow, I didn't know you were this close with Phil. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're super tight. Um, no, uh, Phil, uh, Phil moment for me, I'm the trick shot guy. So obviously the backward flop, uh, backward flop shot. I think he brought that into competition twice. Um, and that's just one of the ballsiest moves ever in the history of golf, I believe. And, uh, yeah, that's gotta, that's gotta be it for me. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's an, it's an inspirational shot. I know that I've tried it a million times. I haven't been quite as successful as he has. Um, but I've seen some awesome recreations on the internet. So just kind of cool. He's a very creative guy. And the fact that he can inspire people to be a little bit different with golf is pretty, pretty great. And I think that shot definitely did that. How about you, Joe? Man, I got I got a lot. I got to go with the time that Phil had bones go and tend the pin. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what tournament it was. Um, I think it was Farmers at, at uh, Torrey Pines. Is that right? I, I don't remember what course it was, but I do remember this. He was deep out too, wasn't he? 72 yards. Yeah. 72 yards, and he tells Bones, go tend it. <laughs> and Bones <laughs> walks up holds it and hold it right there and then he he proceeds to hit a 72 yard chip shot and it rolled right by the hole and missed by three feet that to me is the most quintessential film moment i mean he's got so many he's got so many great ones that he's provided us with so many great memories golf digest actually has an article their top 50 like phil being phil moments and i think they're fantastic um but let me ask you this real quick that had that gone in that shot would what where would you rank that in the history of greatest shots of all time? Oh, top three most viral moments ever in yeah. golf. Got it. No question. Oh, because, for sure. You know, to when call, you your, call shot, your shot. I mean, yeah, you're calling your shot from 72 so, yards. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's, the it's confidence crazy. there with his wedges is unbelievable. Both just in the trick shot stuff you were talking about, and just that. I mean, 
outside of 72 yards, I mean, how many times do you remember him asking Bones to pull the flag from 40 yards or 30 yards or, you know, a, a, a bunker shot, green side, like, you know, a lot of players just, hey, leave the flag in to help just in case. Phil's like, no, I'm going to make this, right? It's just incredible. Right. Mine is probably not one of the most memorable moments for himself. Like, he probably maybe regrets this a little bit. But for me, I just thought it was classic Phil and just knowing the situation. The U.S. Open uh, the year before last, Shinnecock, where he, you know, blows the putt by and he goes and runs and catches it and then hits it back. So it avoids going down the hill. And then he misses the putt coming back. He made like a six or seven on the hole. But his post-round explanation was just classic Phil. He's like, listen, it was just going to go all the way down the hill. I was going to have to do it all over again, hit, hit a wedge shot and stuff. He's like, I just saved a lot of time. Just pick up, make a six and get out of here. You know, take my penalty. Like he knew that he was going to get a penalty. No big deal. Probably same result, and he just moved on. He wasn't in contention. A lot of people, he got a lot of heat on that, right, because of, you know, yeah. oh, hey, you know, you're disrespecting the USGA. You're disrespecting golf and this or that. I think it was a guy just knowing what he could get away with with the rules and just did it and, you know, moved on, took his medicine, took the penalty, and just went forward. And and the guy, like, for, for me, it just created a ton of great meme content and had a guy that I just already thought was legendary and great and just took him to the next level. And, you know, he did it in a way where it was different than like a Patrick Reed would do it. I mean, Patrick Reed would have found every excuse in the world of why he didn't break a rule. And, oh, I didn't know this, or I didn't know that. Phil just flat out said, no, I know exactly <laughs> what the rule is. I took the penalty and moved on and saved everybody some pain and, and, and time and just went forward. And everyone was like, oh, at least he owned up to it. And, you know, moved on and went from there. And like, that's why you didn't see any like crazy backlash from Phil in the media or from on social media afterwards. It just, you saw almost it being celebrated in a weird way. Right. And I think right. maybe only Phil can get away with that. I think there's a lot of other players who probably come under a lot of heat and our boy Phil being Phil and just who he is. Like he's just the man. So I can't believe he's already 50. Uh, I hope that, he has a lot of success this year, and hopefully, you know, he can get some redemption there at the U.S. Open at a course that he should have probably won many years ago. Six second-place finishes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely Crazy. tough. Absolutely happy tough, birthday, Phil. You're happy birthday, get Lefty. Happy birthday, man. Well, hey, that wraps up the episode today. Ryan, just want to thank you for joining us and, and coming on. It's always good to catch up with you. Hopefully, you're staying safe and healthy and the world's getting back to normal for you. Uh, as it is for everybody else. Yeah, guys, you thanks for having and me. Play some golf with us. Yeah, I need to get over to Dallas. I I, I love it there. I had a great time last time. So, um, but yeah, we'll get together, play some golf. Thanks for having me on the show. You guys are killing it with this. So I'm pretty honored to uh, be a part of it. It's pretty pretty cool. Well, the honor is all ours. So thank you, man. I appreciate you, and you guys stay safe and have a good rest of the week. All right, boys. All right, see you later.